What's going on, folks? And welcome to a uh, slightly downtrodden episode of the Knicks Wall Podcast. It is the playoffs. It's a playoff edition podcast, which, of course, we are happy to finally be doing. Um, but not the circumstances maybe that we hoped for uh, after game one, you know, to, to kind of kick off our 2021 playoff run here. So uh, joining me is my co-host, as always, Mike Cortez. And today we got on uh, Quentin Haynes. So what's going on, boys? What's up? What's up? Um, I'm all right. Uh, yeah, so, so, so Mike, I'm, I'm going to throw it right to you right, right away. I mean, just we have no talking points. We're just hopping right in, initial reaction. So, Mike, let's get yours. Uh, oh, tough loss. What, what's on your mind, buddy? I, I know this is – I know it's a seven-game series. This is our first time in a while getting used to this. So, I know game one is kind of like the opening round of a boxing fight, so you're kind of seeing – what the other team's doing while also trying to win their game. So I kind of want to temper my anger at some things, but there were just moments where I feel like this whole loss could have been avoided. Alfred Payton shouldn't have played eight minutes. He shouldn't have played any minutes. Franklin Lakina played one minute. I think the one minute he played didn't really have the ability to do much. And as we know, he got beat by Trey for the game winner. Derek Rose was amazing. Alex Burke was amazing. And then Julius was really off today. And I think that happens. And I think we're going to see a good game two from him, but I feel like everything that we thought could have cost the Knicks tonight did in a weird way. So it was avoidable, but I'm also weirdly hopeful because on the other side, you had RJ and quickly and Obi who all looked very comfortable in their first playoff game, tremendously comfortable, which I was pleasantly surprised by. And yeah, but that's that's pretty much where I am. Where I'm, so I'm kind of disappointed, but not really because I know it's a marathon, not a sprint. So yeah. So Quentin, I'm just gonna throw it right to you. Um, what, what what's your feeling, buddy? How you doing? <laughs> hey man, um, it was disappointing to see, especially the one thing that I saw I just really didn't like, and I'm sure we're gonna write about it is just the Hawks got to the basket any chance they wanted to on a pick and roll. It just felt like they really controlled the Knicks on that end. Whenever there was any type of pick and roll action, the Knicks didn't have a shot. So I do want to see more change with that, but this was a winnable game. And for Julius Randle, your best player, this is his first playoff game to play like that is disappointing, but I kind of feel good about everything right now. You know, knowing that these guys want to fight and these guys played hard and they went through adversity before I feel comfortable going in the game too. So a tough loss, but something we could bounce back from for sure. Yeah. So just to recap for everybody listening, before I get into my spiel, um, you know, the Knicks lose 107, 105 tonight, Trey Young goes off for 32.7 rebounds, 10 assists. He had, he was excellent tonight. He's Trey Young. That's why he's Trey Young. We have issues with guards. This has never been a surprise, uh, especially now with, you know, starting number six at the beginning of games uh, is a, it's a trend, but 
you know, Trey's Trey. That's what happens. Um, you know, Bogdanovich also stepped up. You know, he had 18, 4, 2, and 2. Uh, he's a couple big shots down the stretch, which was unfortunate because uh, Burks was really tremendous. Rose made some excellent plays. Uh, RJ really helped him claw back in the second half. You know, things didn't get, you know, break our way. And uh, like we, you know, you noted, Q, uh, Randall didn't have a good night. It's no surprise. Uh, there's no beating around the bush. Uh, he's been great all year. He had a terrible game. Uh, uh, picked a hell of a time to have his worst game of the year, but it's the playoffs. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm giving him a pass. I, you know, I've always had a soft spot for Julius, as we know, uh, from last season at all. I listen to any episode where I'm trying to defend him. Um, but it's it's tough when you're the top option to adjust for certain guys sometimes. Um, game one sometimes could be a feel-out game. So it, it is what it is. I think he came out. He wanted to, you know, do what he's done all year. I, I felt like he was overthinking in certain spots. Uh, it felt like, you know, times when he would normally, you know, quickly swing the ball or, you know, ro- you know fling it in, in, a, in an area where he normally might. It seemed like he was hesitating, taking an, ex- an extra second to dribble. Uh, make sure it was what he wanted to do. And he's Julius because he's sort of a bull, like a, a bull in a China shop, but like graceful, you know, like he's just got to do his own thing and the chips fall where they may. And it didn't feel like tonight he really was in that rhythm, you know, 15 points, 12 rebounds, four assists. You know, he shot six of 23 from the field, two of six from deep, um, you know, really couldn't get to the free throw line only two times, only made one of those shots, uh, three turnovers. It just was, he just didn't have a good game is the best way to describe it. And that was kind of the ball game because we've said this on this pod multiple times throughout the season. Um, they're they're going to win or lose with Julius, which sounds obvious. But in a game like tonight, you really see like everybody else could be out. Like Burke's giving you 27 points off the bench. There's nothing to scoff at. You have to get 18 just in the fourth quarter. Like that was the exact kind of shot in the arm they needed if Randall wasn't going to be on. So they got it. Like you said, it was a winnable game. It's just – when your star doesn't perform like he should, like, or you're used to, like, he's the engine. And if the engine isn't, you know, driving the way it needs to be, then this is what happens. RJ had a better second half, but even still, 6 of 15 from the field, uh, 14 and 11. Uh, RJ had a lot of effort tonight, I felt like. Um, definitely, definitely high effort. Second half, he was really trying to get the back in, busting his ass. But um, just a, a tough game. Just a tough game. Like watching, watching what they did with Randall. I'm not even that concerned because it felt like he was still kind of in his spots. He just wasn't like he just felt like he was off with his own decision making. To me, uh, I don't know. Like I, I didn't. Collins played him tough, you know, tough enough. I just didn't think, uh, which is and should be noted because he was food during the regular season. So Collins did play him pretty well tonight, uh, but. It, it is what it is. Like it was, it was tough to watch. I, I did feel a little bit bad for Julius, so I'm hoping he has a bounce back game. It wasn't just Julius. A lot of them, I feel like a lot of open Reggie, shots, Reggie, another one. A lot of guys were like pump faking on shots they were shooting in the regular season. I guess that's nerves. They didn't want to force it, but in Julius's case, there were a couple moments where he was dead on, right, right in his sweet spot above the break at the three-point line, just didn't take it. He kept pump faking, and then he ended up taking a poor shot. So it was just more of maybe the offense never got settled, and this has been a running problem where the lack of playmaking in the starting unit, if Julius and RJ don't start off good, 
this is what happens. And the bench unit kind of saved this game from getting ugly to begin with. Rose came in, thankfully, with at the eight-minute mark and kind of set the tone after a, a very sluggish start. So it was. I think it was just t- across the board where everyone was just not as comfortable as they have been in the regular season. Could have been the 15,000 fans because the Garden was rocking and it was amazing to have. RJ's dunk, it was amazing to have a highlight with that massive roar back again. So yeah. maybe it was that. It could just be nerves. So that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, and I think nerves played a big part. And it was just little things, right? Like we talk about how just that extra pass or that open look to make a, a perfect example for me is like Quigley, right? Like if you watch in the first quarter, Quigley had that wide open three, like that 30 footer, he pump fakes and gets into the lane and throws it, throws it off. But like ever since he did that, he just started shooting that shot. Like he just started shooting it. He made like two or three of them where it just got the crowd going. Well, Randall, there was a couple moments where the passes were off where he was jumping and throwing it. To me, the one play for Randall that really stands out is that turnover he had when Nerlens got the block and like the crowd was so up and amped that we almost missed that he turned it over. And it's just like, once they get those jitters out, I think, I think they'll be fine. I think game two is going to be an interesting game from the standpoint of like, I feel like the Knicks could win a double one by double digits in the second game. Like, I feel like they can play right, especially on those non capella minutes. Like they need to get uber aggressive in those non capella minutes and just attack the basket because Danilo Gallinari looks like he's playing on one leg and John Collins, even though he had a good game defending or Randall today, I still feel like you can attack him. So I, I really want to see them get aggressive. Derek Rose, Alec Burks, RJ, just all get aggressive and start attacking the basket during those non-capella minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely think they could have a better game too because I think – I was trying to think of the stat. that I think in the first half, Randall and RJ were like 4-16 combined. And they were only down two. Like they they won, not one. Yeah. They 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 came close in spite of those guys struggling. And normally bo- definitely both of them aren't struggling throughout the season. Normally it's been one guy or the other, typically. So having them both be off and they only lose by two, it's like not not really the worst case scenario. They're not gonna be this bad the entire series, right? Like that was about as bad as it's gonna get for them shooting. So I would be pretty bullish on what happens in game two. Just unfortunate what happened tonight. Yeah, we've seen Randall do this before. We When he played poorly against the Mavs in the regular season, I know regular season and playoffs are two different stories, but the point remains, he usually bounces back when he has a bad game like this and he knows he had a bad game. So I think that's going to naturally fix itself. I'm more worried about the moves that could have been made that weren't. And I'm really worried about Noel because he left the game in the fourth quarter, grappling look like his ankle or Achilles. He didn't come back. If he's out, I don't know what what the plan is down low because they did need Noel tonight. And Taj played well. He had a really nice rebound that helped Rose tie the game at 105. But if Taj is starting at that rotation is really thin in the front court. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're already thin. Taj Taj is effective because he gets to play the bench role still and come in and you know 
play those spot minutes. I, this is not something that you want to like OBI liked his minutes tonight, but I don't think that they're going to use him much at the five like that. You know what I mean? So um, that's kind of where it gets tough. So, yeah, I mean, no- Noel was, I mean, Noel was Noel again, you know, Cl- Clyde said it on the broadcast. It's just another day at the office for him. He's just doing, he does the same shit every day. He just shows up, he blocks like four shots, goes home. Like, <laughs> It's just, and they're always emphatic to it. That's that's my favorite. We said it on the pod like two months ago or whatever, but he always just finds a way to like punch the ball. It's like a violent block. I love it. <laughs> that one on Collins was beautiful. It was. Just absolutely beautiful. I mean, what would you guys... So like Tibbs isn't stupid, right? Like we've said this a lot <laughs> in this podcast. We've had we've had this conversation a lot. He's not I'm stupid. Writing about, I'm writing about it tomorrow. He, he like, he knows... Right. Like he's wa- he's watching the game and he knows like, oh, I need more quickly. So quickly plays a bunch more today. And, then, you know, he lets Burks play a ton. Rose closes the game out. Alfred only plays eight minutes. I think all Alfred logged today was a, a single assist and a turnover or a foul, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It was one on one in eight minutes. I think so. So he didn't play anymore. Yeah. One assist. So it's like, what what exactly are what is he doing with Alf- like what what is it now? Like we That's just what I'm saying it's a sure eight. It, like, uh, why are we why are we putting him out there to, like for the sole purpose of him logging minutes? Like that that's all that's actually happening at this point. He just goes out to run to run back and forth like three or four times. He logs minutes and then he checks out of the game. And I don't get why everything else has been done so professionally with like turning this team around this season and making a system and and sticking to it and sticking to your identity and the flow of the offense, but only with Alfred and only to start the games or quarters uh, or halves, really, we have this problem. And I just, I just don't understand because like Rose has his full confidence as pretty much the point guard, right? Like that, that's what's mm-hmm. happening. It, and I've used this comparison before, but Alfred is now just an opener, right? He's been an opener for a while, just like in the MLB, the guy that comes in, pitches two innings, and then he's out. Like that's all Alfred is. So what exactly is the point of this anymore? And he's not even like he's picking up fouls, like for the sake of picking up fouls, like in a useful strategic way. He he's just out there. So I, I don't I don't get it. Like I understand the whole like, well, it's not as big of a deal if these other guys are playing all the minutes and closing. I get it. But like there's still no plus to just playing him those eight minutes. Like those are eight minutes that you could and, and I've said this before, and, and again, nobody ever believes it coming out of my mouth. Those are eight minutes, nine minutes you could be giving to Frank Neil Aquino in this playoff series who matches well with, with Trey young, like aside from the final possession where he got just dusted today, but normally he matches up. Well, like that's kind of where you'd want. I would prefer to have my nine minutes go other than like, why, like why I just don't get it in the playoffs in the playoffs. Like the one excuse he had was, well, elf can at least set the offense because when Frank has started in the past, because if you're only going to play eight minutes, give those eight minutes to Frank. Let's let's start with there. But the argument for not starting Frank was the offense started out so poorly when Frank started. And what's the excuse with Peyton? Because there was no ball movement early on. It was a lot of one-on-one. And then Peyton's still doing that annoying-ass shit where he'll take the ball up, and then he'll just inexplicably just drive right at the center. And I don't know what he thinks is going to happen, but it's always the same result. It's just a brick and usually a fast break the other way. So I really, really can't see him again. Like if he starts game two, I think this one, like I said, was an opening round type of 
game if he keeps on with elf it's just going to be almost a pseudo white flag where it's like okay we exceeded expectations now we're just kind of feeling it out here because you don't want to win if you're seeing this guy you saw it for 72 games and now you're seeing it here he's just a zero with this team it's not it may not be personal but it's he just doesn't fit well he doesn't do anything that the other guys don't do 100 percent agree i just don't at this stage, I just don't see why we're doing that for eight minutes. Those eight minutes could be Frank's, you know. If Noel is not playing, you might need those minutes to use for another big. I just I just don't understand what's going on now. And I don't I, I don't want to be I don't want to be mean or anything. I don't want to say anything crazy. It's just at this point, it just doesn't make sense. It makes sense, but we can't really say why it makes sense. And it's just like at this point when every possession is so important, those Alfred Payton minutes have to go out the window. It's time to Quigley. Like, I think I, wrote, I think I tweeted it before. It was Quigley, uh, uh, Burks, RJ, Rose. You just got to run with that and figure everything else out and Bullock. And that's your guys, you know, Frank, Frank in the possessions where you need defense, but his minutes are just not important anymore. And you got to figure out how to manage that. I don't think anyone would kill Tibbs if he made that change overall just because he saw it in his team. And he's been down. He's been lowering his minutes the last 15 games anyway. So making that pivot, I I don't know if that's something from above, but it, it, it's time. It's time. It, it does. This is, this is my thing too. So I understand because I've made – that point in the podcast where, you know, the, at this point, it's just like, a, it's got to be an agent favor type thing, right? But even then, if you are the agent, don't you think at some point now this is a detriment to your client? Like, that's that's something that I think about personally. When I, I start thinking at this point, I, I almost feel bad for Alfred because he's just overmatched when he goes out there because he can't do anything to contribute for this basketball team because anything that he would be good at or that's what they tell us is stuff that like Randall and RJ and other guys already do. So he's, he's redundant for like the one thing that he could do. So we've been over that a lot, but like it gets to the point where it's like tonight. So you trot him out there for eight minutes where he does nothing. And what, what are you selling teams then? Like you're just selling them the billing that he's a starter, like they're not going to watch the nationally televised New York Knicks playing the Atlanta Hawks today. Like, like people aren't watching. People have been watching the Knicks, man. Like that's that's how this goes. That you don't think they notice that he's out there doing nothing. Like, and it's not even being mean, but like, why why subject your client to that now? And then like the bad press that comes with it. Now we got to talk about it on this podcast that he's not performing the way that he should. Now we're on, you know fans are going to talk about it on Twitter that he's not performing the way that he should. So that's not good for your client either. So wherever this is coming from, like, I get it. Things happen. There's politics. There's things, there's things that go on that we we don't know about. And uh, if it made sense basketball-wise, then Tibbs wouldn't never have him in the game when it's important. So at some point, like, the jig's up, and somebody's just got to do something about it when it becomes this big of a problem, and it has. So, again, like, eight minutes – aren't supposed to make or break you, but like it, it's the playoffs now. Eight minutes could make or break you. It's a two-point game. Eight better minutes from somebody else might win you that game if Julius is off. Like that's how this goes. Like it's not a wrong thought. So that's that's my only thing on the entire Alfred situation. It's just I think we could be doing a better job 
for for both parties at this point if we start to just think about it that way uh just giving him the starting job to give him the starting job is, is really just not doing him any good in the two quarters he played today the Knicks scored 16 and 23 in the two quarters he didn't play in 34 and 32 i mean evidence is pretty glaring at this point but i mean on the bright side though just to shift it a little bit obi looked good I think I would lean more into him, especially if Noel is hurt. I hope I'm jinxing it in the good way where he's fine. But I think you got to go a little small now. I think you got to move Randall up to the five. Obi looked comfortable yet again. This is probably the best I've seen him look overall. And just he's just continuing his recent stretch where he just looks like he has a purpose. And the dunk was great and just the three-point was great. And I just think he kind of fits exactly what you need to – have on Gallinari right now compared to what they have to offer. I mean, Taj Gibson on Gallo is just not going to work. So maybe that can be an opportunity for Obi to find some minutes. Did you guys like what you saw from Obi and quickly and the other youngsters? Yeah. I, I love Obi's minutes. Uh, I, I almost wanted him to play more because Randall wasn't playing as well tonight, but um Obi's done a good job. We've talked about it this last like two months or so, closer to three months, um, where he's sort of like they don't use him the right way always for like what they drafted him generally, I assume, uh, to be. But he's found a way to just like fit in. You know, he moves without the ball better now. Uh, He he finds those little pockets of space. He's getting clean looks up. Um, even if they close out on him now, instead of just hoisting up something contested in a rush, like we saw him do earlier in the year, he's like a little bit more patient. He's not afraid to put the ball on the floor, take a step in, um, you know, seeing him get up and on the floor for, you know, that, that dunk was just beautiful. So um, again, limited minutes, limited things that he did, but I, I'm enjoying that even when they, you know, really have done him no, you know, great favors with the play style and not really running him pick and rolls and things like that and getting him more vertical attacks. I, I think he's done a good job of finding ways to fit in and be impactful, which that's part of development too, which, I mean, it's not maybe as ideal as we might want it where we're playing to a player's skill sets, but the fact that he's been able to uh, respond to it is is still good nonetheless in my book. So I thought he had good minutes. Uh, hopefully he's ready for more if they need him uh, to be, but I would, I might at least give him the benefit of the doubt. If he plays more minutes, I, I would be hopeful. I like that. And, and quick did his job off the bench again. Um, you know, comes in, hits some deep threes, becomes a threat. Uh, the, the floater was working. So drew a couple fouls. I think he needs more minutes, obviously. I'm, I'm always going to advocate for that. All of us have been and probably will continue to do so until it happens. But uh, I, I don't think – I think you got to be pretty happy with what you saw from two rookies in their first playoff game. In front of fifteen thousand people, too. Yeah, they just seemed com- they seemed comfortable, and I love that for them. That Quigley was taking those threes with no issues, and Ob got that dunk and was up. He was ready to go. He was, he was excited. So I'm happy to see both of them play and both of them get those minutes, especially in the playoffs. Um, I think Ob's defense was a little bit scary in the beginning, but you can see in the last times they kind of targeted him. He was trying to. He kind of got it. So. I agree. I think we should get both of them some more minutes and see how that goes. You know what annoyed the shit out of me? Trey Young didn't shoot his first free throw till 6.43 left in the game. 
How many free throws do you think you guys? How many free throws do you think you finish with? Ten. Nine. Like I just feel like the refs kind of just completely. Like I don't think the Knicks guarded him any differently than they did the first, however minutes before then, and I feel like the refs kind of switched that shit up. Only, I mean, I just don't know, like, what we expected uh, in in today's NBA with the referees. Like, we already know they're bad, like, inherently for everybody, right? But in addition to that, you know, Trey's like a magnet. So it's like, I already go into the expectation of, like, there's already, like, three or four built-in things that are going to bother me that's going to happen that you could just pencil in the trade's going to do and they're going to give him the call the only one that i truly didn't like um was the one on rj with 28 seconds left that one clearly i agreed with tibbs with the challenge i my thing was i actually there was contact and you could even probably argue it was rj's like but i don't think that's fair because to me it looked like rj was more trying to get his arm out of the way which I can understand why contact is contact, but to me, it just looked like he sort of was like, ah, shit, I'm not doing this. And was trying to like get his arm out of there really quickly. And you saw, he put it straight up in the air. So to me, I thought that showed his intent pretty clear. It wasn't to try to make contact. It was to avoid the contact. And therefore the arm was from Trey. That one was probably the only one that bothered me. But even then I, I sort of understood how it could get called that way, even if I didn't like it. The other ones like the, the one where he pumped from three on quickly drew the foul. It's it's the NBA rule right now. It sucks. That that's just everybody gets that call. If you do that, you get somebody in the air. You take a, it's instant instant free throws. Like it it stinks. Like that's that's the game. Unfortunately, the NBA said they might take a look at it this offseason. I hope they do. But that's just the the ref simply having a a, a rule that they like to call in today's day and age. And it was right there. They're always going to call it ten times out of ten in twenty twenty one and beyond. So. That stinks, but like the rest of them, I I, I didn't really mind all that much. Like t- to me, like it sucks. I, I would prefer him not get nine free throws, but it's part. It's it's like what people say with Harden. It's a skill, like right. Like it's part of the game. You figure out how to bait the refs. You figure out how to make it work for you. You figure out how to get to the line. It's very efficient shot, obviously one of the most efficient in basketball. Times that you know stopped. Like you want you. It's an optimal situation for you offensively if you could figure it out. He's really good at it. It stinks. That's why this playoff series is going to be difficult. You know, nobody should have been expecting the cakewalk. I know we joked a lot about the whole Hawks are food. So really that's, we're talking to ourselves here, but this is, this is part of it. If Trey goes off and, and he does some of these things, like that's how he can control the game. Yeah. And I, I, I at first I thought the game was, I hate saying it this way. Cause it sounds like negativity, but I, I thought the game was called really well in the beginning because no one was getting calls. It felt like everyone was just playing tough and then it was just going back and forth. But like you said, to see Trey get those late opportunities is is frustrating because you know it's coming. And it's like there really isn't a way to stop that, especially once he starts getting those calls. It then becomes a cascade of calls that you kind of have to call because of the previous (laughs) referee's decision. So it's frustrating, but, you know, I think the Knicks still had a chance to win that one. So next game you can get in there, maybe – Tibbs put, puts Frank in maybe a possession or two early. Maybe you try to find a way to properly double double him before you, you can, you know, he can get to the rim. But, you know, I'm cool. It's fine. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't double Trey because 
late in the season, it felt like Tibbs was starting to just sell out to beat the other team's star player and force the the uh, role players to beat them. I feel like they didn't do that as much tonight. And I mean, Bogey did hit some daggers, so maybe it's a good thing he didn't. But I was a little surprised that they didn't double team as hard, even if it was what the Hawks were doing to Julius, where they were kind of just preventing the, those drives to the rim. I feel like the Knicks just didn't play well in that pick and roll. Yeah, they didn't. He had a he had a lot of space to work with tonight, man. I mean, he's he's trades. That's just what it is. They didn't do a good job containing. It was the one thing we were worried about. It was on full display tonight. It was a a good good uh, playoff debut for Trey. Thirty and ten. I mean, that's on at MSG. That's as good as it gets. Game one. I mean, he's a special player, man. They they got their hands full. We aren't loaded at point guard. I thought, oh, this is the point I wanted to make on the podcast. Finally, like, wandered into it. Thankfully, this stupid brain finally found its way back. You got to start Rose because Rose actually stayed with him. I made this. I was begging on the last podcast. Everybody says about Frank's got to start because the defense. Rose plays good defense. He blocked Trey. He was sticking with him. He actually stayed in front of him. He wasn't gambling. He wasn't trying to, like, he... To me, Rose played really good defense. I got to go. I want to go back and rewatch it, but not just the block. I thought he was doing a pretty decent job. Obviously, in the context that Trey still ate tonight, but I want to go back and watch at least the Rose possessions because I thought he did a better job hanging with them. Yeah, I think you said this as well, where Frank would get those spare minutes. I think it's built in where give Frank those last two to three minutes in the first quarter and those last minutes in the fourth quarter when you need the big stop if you need it. I think it's pretty easy for Thibodeau to make the adjustment. It's just on him now. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a move that I think Tibbs is going to have to consider. I'm sure that I'm sure the, the media will bring it up when they have the post game and stuff like that to talk to him. But that is just that's the move. Maybe bringing Frank in a little bit earlier. Frank or even Rose. Rose, I thought Rose did well. Is is I think Rose did well. Um, but yeah, it's just got to be something switched up there defensively, and even a double team would work. I would like to see more of that as well. So. There's room to defend Trey better, so we we got that. I think Tibbs can adjust to that properly. I'm I'm very excited for game two. I wish it wasn't on Wednesday, but you know I think there's so many different adjustments the Knicks can make to win that game. That I'm curious to see what Thibodeau does. I I think it's I don't even think they're far off, man. Like Reggie had a bad game, Randall had a bad game, RJ didn't shoot well enough. Otherwise, had a pretty decent game. Like, they lost by two. You actually, like, it. I don't agree with this whole, uh, everybody, this point everybody's making. Sh- big surprise. Uh, I don't agree with it with the pro Frank point tonight. But um, everybody's saying that, uh, well, Frank needed, you know, more minutes or whatever the case may be. Maybe. I- I've-, I've said he should get Alfred's minutes. I don't care. I don't want Alfred to-, to ever play in a basketball game, especially not for my favorite team. But, um, like, Tibbs still used frank like the idea for it in a way that i thought was was smart like he at least knew like all right last couple minutes of the first half or last minute of the first half i'm going to bring frank in to, to, to close this out put him on him real quick and then at the end of the game he did the same thing now again I, I get the he should play more part and maybe you do bring him in a little bit sooner for game two because trey but it was at least the right idea i, I thought like the way he let Burks kind of hang in and play in the fourth quarter was the right idea. Rose, obviously the right idea. 
the way he used quickly and Bert, uh, quickly and Obi mostly. I would like to see him a little bit more, but still, I thought he let them play pretty free. So I, I was mostly on board. It's just this out, this Alfred bullshit's got to stop, man. Like, I'm so tired of talking about, about it on this podcast. Like, really, like, that was my only big gripe. Like, I even thought, like, Tibbs loves challenging early. I thought him not challenging and holding it to the end of the game was smart, giving him the opportunity for that Trey free throw, which that's when you would want to do it typically. I, I liked, like, I don't really have much problems with Tibbs tonight. I know normally everybody finds, like, a, a thing, but it's just, like, the Alfred stuff. You got to find a way to just – you don't need those minutes, man, like any, anybody else at this point. Even if you want to bump Burks' minutes up a little more. Right now, he was, I think he was at 27 tonight. But if you want to put him over 30, I mean, that guy down the stretch, he was phenomenal again. It's just been all season where he's their best tough shot maker. And if you want to choose to bump his minutes up, Rose paid 38, Gibson 24. Yeah, Burks 26. I would bump him up a little more then. If you don't want to, those are eight minutes that you could easily sp split between Burks and quickly. If you're really not in on Frank, what, what did he play? 10 guys tonight, 11 guys tonight. Yeah. He played one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. 11. This is, it's the fucking playoffs, man. We don't need 11 guys out there. And I get, and I get like Frank only played like a total of a, a minute. Played a minute. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, both that, but it's like, you, you only need like nine dudes out there. It's the playoffs. Like, you don't got to be D'Antoni with, like, seven, maybe eight, but, like, you don't need 11 either. You don't need 10, 11. Like, we could tighten this thing up a little bit. Like you just said, there's more minutes to go around. I would much rather Alec Burks have the basketball in his hands more in this basketball. Like, he's been on fire to close this season. Why wouldn't you want to give him, like, two, three more minutes a half to just, like, do stuff? Like, seems like a good idea yeah. to me. What You don't even have to use him as the, the point, but, like, he clearly is on or off ball. He had four assists tonight, too. He's just a good, smart player, like, offensively. He just gets it. Like, just play him more. Like, there's no, there's like no downside to him being on the floor for as long as he could be. Yeah. And I thought the, I thought the Hawks, I thought both teams were kind of weird with their rotations to start this because like Trey Young sat like a crazy amount in this, in the second quarter when the Knicks were just attacking the basket and everything. It just seemed like they were leaning on Tony Snell. And like, I was like, what's going on here? So, I wonder if that was just both of these teams realizing that their guys had like six game, six days off, but cutting it back and getting getting your best eight or nine guys out there is probably the way to go moving forward. Uh, it's weird now that the Noel injury may throw that off, but hopefully it doesn't. All right. So we're going to transition here real quick. We got some uh... – Pretty good amount of questions for the mailbag from you guys. So uh want to try to hop into some of those real quick. Uh, so I'll start it off uh, first with at Lee Char 2907-7967. Um, why does Tibbs think he can give uh, the other team a lead by playing Alfred Payton? Those minutes are the difference in this game. Uh, you just listened to that segment on this podcast. Uh, if, you're, if you've been listening this far. So I, we, we've, we've gone into that thoroughly. I don't know. It, it's got to be an agent favor. We have no, other, we have no explanation at this point. There's no odd court reason. It makes no sense that that's the answer. I just rewind like four or five minutes. And then that that's like the, the full rent and spiel you'll get for that. Um, at Bankberry, 
I want to see the Knicks play a uh, piston ball with Trey Young. Every time he's in the air, I want him hard fouled since he's so fucking tough and, and he wants to flop for fouls. Let's give him, let's, let's give him what he's looking for. Uh, yeah, that's the right attitude. Yeah, I, I love mean, it. You got, you got the fouls, you got to use them. I mean, he's got to feel you. Clearly, if they're calling the ticky tack stuff, then yeah, I mean, toss him around a little bit. I'm not advocating for full on violence, but you know, I mean, one, one clothesline isn't going to kill him. Oh, that was a, that's a true. That's a tremendous question. No, I agree, but this is kind of why I wanted Frank, though. I mean, Frank is a good defender, but he's also very handsy, and he can annoy you if you're not in the mood for that type of shit. So, that's another reason to want Frankie. Yeah, just play him tough. Play him tough. Play him. Make sure, get him. Get him away. Get him when he catches. Get it. Yeah. Get it on the catch and make him feel you from the minute he touches the ball on, and then you can go from there. Okay. Uh, next one is from uh, our guy KJ Kofi Ama Amankawa Jr. I hope I didn't butcher it. That was the first time I read it. Not on the internet, buddy. I'm sorry. Um, he said, why is Tibbs allergic to playing small ball against the Hawks? I feel like Randall could have gotten uh, could have gotten going playing some small ball five. Also, why does he always act late on having a bigger guard like Burks or Frank defend Trey Young? Um, as for the latter, I don't know. We just tried to get into that. Like, I it's the right idea, but like, it, it's a little bit too late sometimes. Like just, just go to it like a minute and a half earlier, either like just any, any earlier for the most part. I, I don't get that. Um, the, the small ball five thing is just more like a general season long question. I thought one of the appeals to signing Randall was that like, to me, he was never just a power forward to me. When you, you signed Randall, you signed a guy who does like the dual role and you could do both of those things. Cause he had been doing that his entire career. So I assume that was going to be the case here. Um, it hasn't been, which is sort of unfortunate. Uh, because I agree, I think that's a way that you get a different look where Randall's probably as strong as the centers, but he's going to be quicker than them, just a little bit smaller typically. Which that's that's the small ball, that's how that works. Um, I, he's going to be able to pull guys out and hit threes. He probably would have gotten some easier looks, some cleaner looks. Um, I would have liked to see it. I, I, I don't know why he, he didn't do it, Mike. Uh, what, what about you? Yeah, I think those are those that small ball with Randall at the five. Those can be moments where they really just try and suffocate another team with their offense because the next person you would put next to Randall naturally would be Toppin, in my opinion. So now you just have five scores on the floor. Hopefully, I think those are moments where you can really take over the game. And I think Randall's a good enough rebounder where you could survive. And the Hawks don't really have a great interior score. So it's not like if this is the Sixers, for example, and Bede's cooking you if you're having Randall down there by him, with him. But Capella's more of a rim runner, so it's not as big of a sacrifice as it would be otherwise. Yeah, and I think the big thing for me with small ball is, is not Randall. I actually think the small ball – thing I want the most is RJ with Gallinari defending him at the four because Gallinari, I don't, I haven't watched much Hawks before the end of the year. So I don't know if Gallinari is healthy, but he looks like he's playing on one leg out there. So I would just try to create matchups where he has to defend in space and that could break down and land his entire defense and force them to 
gets get some open looks. So I would love to see RJ kind of get Gallinari in some small ball lineups and hopefully Tibbs runs that, you know, especially as we try to minimize the lineups a little bit. Also, real quickly, what the fuck happened to Gallinari's hair, man? He had great hair and that he looked like Chuck Liddell, man. That was appalling. Speaking for my fellow uh, countrymen, uh, we we condone Danilo Gallinari's actions. Uh, <laughs> we, we do not approve of the haircut. He tried it out at Madison Square Garden tonight. Uh, we officially put Danilo Gallinari on 24-hour notice to adjust this haircut, shave his head, whatever he must do uh, in order to get that strip off of his scalp um, because it was <laughs> rather unfortunate to watch on my television screen tonight. I did not enjoy it personally. People with good hair that refuse to take advantage of it make me so angry. It, it's it's a fact of life. He's uh, literally wasting what hair he has. I don't know what I don't know what the strategy was. I don't know what the plan was. I don't know what he asked for when he went to the barbershop. I don't know if there was a barbershop. I don't know if it was just him in his bathroom at the hotel today, and he decided he needed to change, th- change things up. It looked pretty clean to me. This maybe wasn't an Atlanta haircut. I don't know. Uh, I'm just not, I'm not feeling whatever was happening uh, tonight. So, so please change that. Uh, next thing from Tristan Bellano was mostly uh, just a comment, which was seeing a lot of excuses tossed around, but the fact is you're not going to win in the playoffs when you're starting five, put up numbers like this. Uh, and it's just pretty much the starting lineup. Reggie, RJ Randall, not shooting well, which uh, again, we touched on, we agree with you, man. Uh, it really was that simple. They lost by two and RJ and, Randall missed a lot of shots combined. I think they were 12 of 38 combined from the field. Like that's not going to get it done when that's your top two option. So that's your ball game. Reggie wasn't his usual reliable self with Randall. And it, I mean, when those old reliables aren't working for you, that's, that's the game uh, from Vince Petit or Pettit. Sorry, probably Pettit. Um, Three things. Randall sucked tonight. Seems like he wanted a little too much. I agree. I think he was overthinking. Uh, why bring Frank to guard uh, Young when he, he had been sitting all game? We also touched on that. You want to rewind about 10 minutes. Uh, Frank is a professional NBA bench player. Um, whenever Frank Nielakina comes into a game, whether it's for five minutes, whether it's for five seconds, Frank Nielakina, four-year professional basketball player coming off the bench, should be prepared to come off the bench in a professional basketball game. So although it would be ideal for all basketball players to have played lots of parts of the games to then be in the flow and rhythm of the game, some of them aren't good enough to do that for the whole game, like Frank Nielakina. Therefore, he's got to be situational. So when a situational guy gets (laughs) used, it's going to be in those kinds of situations. Therefore, the money that he's getting paid to do that one job should get done (laughs) on that possession. So... That's oh man, just give him one more, give him more than a minute, though. Come on, like he needs he, more he than should. a minute. I, I said it, I agree. I know, but, I, I but know. also, if he gets one in this game, I don't want to hear excuses for while well, he was cold. Like, he got burned, he got burned. I'll, I'll admit, any, he got any, burned. Any bench player in the entire NBA that gets put in that situational, that's a guy who's a specialist that like one thing because that's why you don't play the whole games. Those guys have come in and they've gotten stops before. Frank's coming in in situational spots and he's gotten stops before. There's no reason 
I'm not giving him a pass for being cold. I, I thought he he was himself. He was pressuring. He was pressuring too too much. Yeah. He got burned. Trade traded a little nasty cross, lost him, and then that was it. Taj didn't help, and that that's why he was wide open. But let's not let's not do the cold thing. He's a professional athlete. What are, what are we doing here? All right, my counter the playoffs. Ray was already like flaming hot though when, when he checks in. So it's exactly like, yeah. he might he might not have stood a chance. But let's yeah. not let's not say he was cold is the reason why. And no, he Trey was on fire. Trey Trey was Trey Young. That's what happened. Like that's. We don't gotta we don't gotta do this with it. We sound pathetic when we're like we'll, we'll trade guys like Frank was cold coming off the bench. Yeah, that's that's any fucking body coming off the bench. What are we doing? Yeah. So I, I I'm cool with that. I'm all I'm with you know, we're off that. We've been saying we've been saying the whole podcast you should get more than a you should get a couple minutes, but to to be a point of attack defender like Frank Millikeen and to get burned the way he did at the end of that end of the game is just unacceptable regardless of whether you're coming off the bench cold or hot it was just it was just a nasty look and trey got to the where he wanted to be with no issues also he asked why was burks inbounding on the last play my normal answer to that situation like to that is there was a second left like so normally like the the traditional default answer is well oh because you have to watch out for the inbounder they could get the ball back but in this situation there was only nine tenths of a second left so that uh, that timeline doesn't exist. So what I what I, what I think happened was they were just throwing it to Julius. Like that was just he, he's your star. You're gonna give him the shot at the end of game one. I think it was that simple. That's why Burks was the inbounder. They probably felt he was just gonna, I don't know, have. That's just the guy they wanted passing the ball, and I don't know. I I'm a, I'm a big fan of the hot hand. I would have just decoyed Randall and then figured out a way. I mean, maybe they blow it up, but I would have figured out try to get Burks free for something. I wouldn't have had him inbound. That's not the the guy with almost 20 points in the fourth quarter is not not the inbounder. You, you could have found somebody else for that play. That's that's my take. That even that, I don't know. That whole play was just weird to me. RJ wasn't in, Bataj was. Burks inbounded. And I feel like the late game shot has been actually one of the biggest problems with this team that's kind of just gone gone unnoticed, where it's pretty much end of regulation. We're always going to throw it into the middle to Randall, and then he's just going to fade away and brick it. I think it's time to at least move on for now with either the hot hand or give D. Rose the ball late. He's somebody that knows how to do it. He's done it in the playoffs. He's done it in bigger moments. I think it's time to at least give him the next big shot when it happens because I love Randall, but his go-to move is just too predictable where defenses are waiting for it and the Hawks are right there for it. Yep. Um, Seeing more... You know, why did Randall get the final shot when he'd been nice cold? I think you're just going down with your star. I think it's that simple. Um, And another Alec inbound the ball. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it stinks, guys. I got it. But, you know, they got to do better with late game executions. They've raised their floor. They kind of found where their identity is. That They found out how to be a good competitive team. They still got to figure out how to be even better than that. They got to figure out how to execute down the stretch because they're going to be in these games a lot. These are the types of games they got to get used to. So, I mean – not making excuses, but because this is the same thing for Atlanta too. They're also a young team, but you're figuring out how to how to get by in these playoffs now. So I think 
with Tibbs too, it's a learning experience and and hopefully they adjust for game games two, three, and everything else the rest of the series because they've typically been a pretty resilient team. I just don't know, you know, they just weren't good tonight, you know, in some areas. Um, we got another question here um, from at drumlock87. I know, I know it's the main thing people are going to discuss, but those last two foul calls on Trey Young were the difference down the stretch. How can the next defense deal with the player who can drive to the basket with such confidence because he knows he'll usually get a call? So, Q, thoughts? Uh, yeah, just uh, stop him on the catch and even throw a double at him. The Knicks should be able to throw a double at him, especially when you got guys like Derrick Rose and a uh, Derrick Rose, Reggie Bullock double should be able to stop Trey Young. Just stop him from getting him to the basket, get him on the catch, make him take an extra second or two, and you should be good to go. Yeah, can't agree more. Um, from our boy uh, Drew, shout out Drew joined uh, gang, TKW. Gang. So, you Good time, good good time for the game. Good time for the brand. Uh, very happy to be bringing Drew in. Uh, but that's at uh, Sky Drew underscore. You want to give him a follow. But he gave us the question: Who would you play over Taj in Game Two? Uh, Mike, I'll lob it up to you. Uh, Obi, I think, and this goes back to our small ball conversation. I think you can get away with playing Randall at the five in this series. I think they should take advantage of it. And Obi looked comfortable today and i think he's somebody that like i said matches up well with gallinari i think try it what what's the worst thing that can possibly happen yep i think it's ob um just give him those minutes see what figure it out and go from there and then if it doesn't work you could you could pivot from there but i think gibson should remain on the bench should be that energy should be that veteran that comes off the bench, gives you good energy minutes. I think anything above like 15 minutes, you're really pushing it with Gibson. Yeah, I generally agree. Um, you don't want Taj out there too long. His value is in those high energy spurts that he gives you. Um, anything else? I know that he's, he's a scrappy vet. I, I'm sure maybe he might even surprise us in, in somewhat extended minutes, but it's not something you really want to bank on or even, you know, risk when the stakes are this high. And, these are very evenly matched teams, folks. Like the Hawks have a very good offense. The Knicks have a very good defense and they both do just enough of what they do well to get by. And this is going to be the story of the series. It's going to be how much can we slow them down and how much can we win our way? So, you know, it, it's going to be tough the, the entire way here, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Someone said, why is Tibbs a good coach until the last minute? Always runs a terrible play, last possession of the Knicks, never score on the... You got me, man. I don't know why his, his out-of-timeouts aren't up to snuff. I don't know if he has good out-of-timeouts and the team isn't uh, executing them as cleanly, but they seem to be pretty well coached, so I don't really buy that. I, I would more think that maybe his plays aren't that, that good because I sort of agree. I mean, we sort of just end up kind of dumping the ball in and it's just like a halfway contested shot someplace. That's been most of the season. Sometimes they make them because that's just what they've done this year is make a lot of tough shots, but it doesn't really seem like anything that's uh, like how, how many, how many cleanly constructed clutch situation, like inbound plays have we seen this season? Like all off the top of your head. I mean, there was one no, to get Burks in the corner three, though. Was That was a good out-of-timeout. I mean, that was kind of crunch time. Okay, yes. 
But so, so, yeah, so, no, sometimes they don't work. I don't know. I mean, they. It wasn't great. I, I don't. I really don't know what the plan. Was. I would love if somebody would ask them that, but I. I think the bigger. I also feel like. Yeah, I also feel like that's a very. I hate. I hate saying old, but I feel like that's a very old school thing, right? Like you have your players playing the game. They know what they can and can't do at the moment. Let them figure it out. I feel like it's a, like Tibbs has been around Patrick Ewing and all these guys and Derek Rose and stuff like that leading their offenses. I feel like he's very free with just letting them get their shots and figure it out, which is an, which is an old school thing. You know, I feel like that tinkering and getting those creative ATOs out is more of a modern thing. So I've never really been too too big on that with Tibbs and crit- critical on that because I feel like, you know, get it to Julius is something he saw with get it to Wings. Yeah, so I I don't I don't know I don't I don't really know what the plan is, but I think he was just trying to dump it into Julius. I think that's kind of seems like a guy who just trusts his players and goes down with whatever happens with them on the floor. So it is what it is there. Uh, that that's it for the mailbag though. So looking ahead to game two, do you guys have any burning predictions for what we have? I'm probably going to be at game two. Maybe we'll see, but um. You know, so you guys might do this pod without me on Wednesday. But do you guys have any predictions? Michael, open it up to you. Big game from Julius Randle. This is from the post game today. This is via friend of the pod, Ian Bagley. He said, listen, I'm not making no excuses. I got to be better, and I will be better. I'll just leave it at that. And like I said, he bounces back well. So I don't know exactly what he's going to have stat-wise, but I'm anticipating a big game from Julius Randle, and that should translate to a big game for either R.J. Barrett or Reggie Bullock. Q? Uh, <laughs> I got the Knicks by double digits. I think Julius has a big game. I think R.J. has an even better game. I think the Knicks are going to use the momentum from game two. They're going to use the anger they had from game one, and they're going to recover. I, I don't want to call it, but I'll say Julius Randle finishes with a triple-double game two. Q, I love it. I like that. Um, I think RJ definitely has a 20-point game. Um, I don't know. I I hate to put these specifically someplace, but um, I think he gets a a 20-plus point game, like a nice 25-5 type of, you know, all-around RJ game because he knows he's got to bust his ass now after they felt that out game one. Now he knows what he's got to do. That's always been my my RJ fallback. So I'm going to go with that again, and I think he's going to prove us right. Um, Randall's not going to stink it up again. He's just not. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how he's going to do it. I'm not going to go as far as saying a triple double, but I do think he he gives us a a a like standard Randall 25, 10 and and like five type night. You know, I think he kind of the shooting maybe might still be a little bit off. It's the playoffs. I'm not going to. I don't care about the efficiency to be honest with you. Like when it's like six of 23, I care, but like. I don't care if, he's gonna, if he might be a little bit off in game two. Like, as long as, like, you're generally getting the job done, like, he should be taking a lot of shots. He's Julius Randle. He's earned it. He's had an all-NBA season. So, he should be shooting a ton. But I think he gets it, I think he gets it done. That's that's my t- – I think they win game two at MSG. I don't think there's any way that they lose um, game two at MSG. I, I would be stunned if they lost both, to be honest with you. But um, I, I think, yeah, I think they bounce back.
I'm rolling. I'm with it. Um, also, quickly plays more than, you know, closer to like 20 minutes in game two was going to be my prediction. I think you got a little taste of it tonight with how he was kind of getting up and down. And I mean, MSG sounded its best when he was out there. Those couple, those plays that him and Obi were putting together was probably like the loudest that got to the fourth when Rose hit the floater. You know what I mean? So I think you got to give the people what they want at this point. We want points. We want scoring. We need a man who quickly. Yeah, I love how right from the bat, right off the bat, you can tell he's going to play into the garden crowd. He's just going to feed off that energy. He has fun, man. That's what I love about Quigley. He has fun when he's out there. Like, I feel like you got to play those players more because those are contagious. It's contagious. Like, in addition to the fact that he's just ridiculously talented at things that we need him to do. Um, you know, you need guys who just feel good out there. It rubs off on the other guys, especially if they were tight or nervous or whatever. Like, you want guys who are just out there just having fun because, like, you get lost in that. Like, he hits a shot, and you're having fun. You, you want to hit another shot, too, or you want to feed him. Like, that. that's how basketball works. You feed off of each other that way. So, He's got to play a whole bunch, man. Especially when he's feeling it like that, you just got to let him go. Just as many minutes as he can handle, just until he starts going cold. You know, just just play him. Absolutely. But um, on that note, we we're gonna wrap up this post game episode of the TKW podcast. Thank you guys for following along so far. Make sure you give this podcast a five star rating and review. The TKW merchandise playoff sale is still ongoing uh we have had a pretty fantastic response to that sale so far so appreciate you guys who have ordered especially all of you who ordered your tip shirts uh was not expecting the the volume of which those shirts sold so rapidly so uh you know glad that you guys like them uh they started arriving already they, it's been pretty fast design trees usually pretty quick with those uh the rest of them if you haven't gotten them it was just the weekend i'm sure today uh not today when we were listening to this, but uh, Monday, Tuesday, you probably you start seeing the rest. So, uh, but if not, if you haven't ordered yet, go to designtree.com slash the Knicks wall. That's D S G N tree.com slash the Knicks wall. And uh, a lot of good stuff, man. Uh, Ryan, Oh, you know, Ryan gray, fantastic videos, fantastic merchandise, just the absolute goat. Uh, Dom's gotten in there. Our, 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 you know, podcast producer, Dom's got his, his first one on the board with the tip shirt. Yeah. I mean, that's a way to make a debut. So, uh, guys are killing it right now. So, so check out the shirts, support the brand. Um, that's pretty much it. Q. I, I think you got a game one reaction up, going up tomorrow for the next wall.com. Yeah. Just a suggestion for the rotation for game two. I think everyone knows where we're going with this one, but I just want to make it. I just, it's time to write it. All right, so uh, you got you got it in the the audio on the pod. You, you'll get it in writing tomorrow, so you can have it both ways, and uh, you know just hammer home our points here. But uh, yeah, on that note, uh, also we got the thirty five k tonight on uh, Twitter. So shout out to you guys, best followers in the world, uh, best supporters in the world, best listeners in the world. Appreciate you guys. Um, let's get the forty k for the playoffs end. Support the brand. Uh, but that's about it. We'll uh, talk to you guys next time, probably after game two. So until then, take it easy. Peace. Easy.